One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to another episode of the Self Build Plus podcast, where we chat with self builders, suppliers, and experts about all things home building and renovating in Ireland on both sides of the border. I'm Astrid Matson, your host and the editor of Self Build Magazine. This episode, we'll be talking to Keith Kelleher. He is a quantity surveyor and he's going to talk about costing your self build and keeping to budget. Uh, most most of the people who kind of I suppose as we would class as approaching it from the right way will come to us when they have the most basic sketch dimensioned has to kind of be dimensioned so we know the size but the most dimensioned sketch of even just plan based without elevations of what it is they want to do um, because we can take that and actually set a budget based on that drawing how much roughly speaking that's going to cost but also by setting a budget for the different aspects so when you move on to develop that design, you have a budget for your windows, you have a budget for your tile, you have a budget for you know your floor finish, your ceiling finish, your drainage, your patio, that all of that is from day one confined by a cost. So basically, from the day you have an idea, it's put on a sheet of paper. Before you go for planning, you come to us. Right. Because otherwise, you could end up with planning for a project you can't afford to build. Yeah, so there is the size component, but you also have to know um, what kind of structure you're going to build, the building method? Initially, in the initial stage, initially it's not. An initial stage is purely about, can this person afford to build this house? Mm -hmm. It's a bit like a car. Yeah, it's a bit like a car. Can you afford a car? Does it really matter at that stage what seat cover is on the seat, whether it has a CD deck or whether it has a tape deck or, you know... Whether they're leather, yeah. The whether it has whether it has cruise control or not, it, they're all secondary to your ability to buy the car. Yeah. And building is a bit that way. Can you afford to build a house? Because it's really irrelevant whether it has stone on the front, if you can't afford to build it in a budget that doesn't have stone. Mm. You know. So we do it in an average basis. Now, if you give us a drawing and you show stone on the front, we'll cost that for you. But if you just give us a layout, we will just assume it's plastered. Because the idea being that, well, a plastered house will cost X. If you can't afford that, you can never afford stone. So right. there is very little point in having that conversation about stone when you can't afford it. And But how about the building method? Then there would be a, quite a variance between 
a cavity wall versus timber frame versus ICF or another method? They all flow out of that process. So mm -hmm. again, like if it's a case that you have your mindset on building your house in a particular way, then we will cost it that way. But if you don't, we will cost it the most cost-effective way to build a house, which is the traditional block lane mm -hmm. with a cavity wall. Mm -hmm. Because any, the cheapest way to build anything is the way your grandfather built it. Um, because they built with what they had. They kept shape simple. Um, you know, square rectangular boxes, traditional roof, block work with a wet dash on the front. That is the traditional way of building. As we move away from that, everything gets more expensive. You might get it done quicker with a timber frame, but most timber frame, you end up coming along and getting a block layer to put the outer skin on. Yeah, so why is that? Because the, 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 to a large degree in Ireland, the timber frame companies have not come up with a fundamentally finished product where they can deliver it to site, be done, walk away. So they're leaving this pro problem for the homeowner to now come along and put an outer skin on the building. Isn't there a way to clad? This is a There is bizarre, a cement board. Yeah, they, but yeah. a lot of the companies will not deliver the product with the cement board on it. So you then have to get a plaster to come along and put the cement board on the Be outside of the timber frame. A, a it will, but a lot of people, certain parts of the country, you have to have a brick finish. You know, the local authority will t dictate that you have to have a brick finish. You know, you have to have black windows. So different things, different authorities di dictate different things. So right, if you, you need to have put brick, a different finish anyway, because if you're going to plaster it anyway. Yeah, but if let's say for arms like you're somewhere in the country where you have to have brick. Yeah. To me then. Does it make sense to do a timber frame house? No, yeah. because you're getting a timber frame house shooting up yeah. and then you're coming along with a block layer after <laughs> to put the brick on yeah. when he could just as easily have brought the block yeah. and the brick together. Yeah. So that's down to how you're building it. Mm -hmm. The cost differential between them is not huge. Most of the new age systems, people will tell you that it's quicker and it's more economical and it's more you value and it's better built and all of this. That's grand, but that's got nothing to do with money. Yeah. So the building of it cost-wise may not be as big a difference between the U value, which is mm. a different, completely different question. Mm -hmm. Can you afford to build it? Yes or no. Do you want to have the best U value? That's a separate question. Mm -hmm. And that will only ever feed back in when you know what your budget is at the start. Mm -hmm. So it's again, it's like the car. Can you afford the car before you start worrying about what type of engine you have? Because mm -hmm. the car will dictate whether you can move forward at all with the process it doesn't matter how you build it if you can't afford to build it because you never yeah. will build it yeah so the first thing is can i afford to build this house mm -hmm. then i can look at systems but i can only build within my budget mm -hmm. so if a system doesn't allow me to build within my budget i need to find one that does and that will negate a lot of systems that will mean you can't go with a certain system because you can never afford that system because you're reverting back to a budget um, and, and that's what a qs can help you because Unfortunately, our system is geared around a cost per square foot. And the simple question is, in your 2,000 euro per square meter or per square foot, how much money do you have to spend for windows? How much of that 2,000 square meter is windows? Mm -hmm. So when you go to pick windows and they cost you 25 grand, how do you know how that's impacting on your bottom line? Because you, it's a theoretical, to, it's just wrong. So the proper way is to work a budget that tells you you've 10,575 euro for windows, you've got 600 quid for an internal door, you've got 20 quid per square meter for your tile or whatever figures you want. Mm -hmm. And when you go to pick that product, you have something to compare. Mm -hmm. When you know how much your external walls and your roof cost, you can compare that to your timber frame, to your you know, ICF, to your SIP, all the different systems, you know, modular becoming a big, a big thing. 
so you can compare apples with apples in terms of how much does that cost, revert back to my budget, can I afford it? If I can't afford it, can I find money somewhere else to move into, because this is what I want. And, and it's just that you're doing it in a controlled fashion as opposed to just blatantly 2,000 euro a square meter and just let's throw the dart and see how we get on. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the big difference. And how about, um, so what are the other alternatives to budget your build? You'd be, so there's a QS obviously, someone who would be professional that can guide you yeah. and have an understanding of local costs, but then you'd have an online sort of platform. What do you think of those? Are yeah, I, personally, just because I like meeting people, I don't mm. like online platforms. I just, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's working too much in an average concept. You know, you don't build a self-build one-off property in a unique site designed by an architect for you. You know, unique building with a unique finish. Throw that into a computer and get an answer out the other side and expect it to be accurate. It cannot be accurate. You need that human interface. I don't need to meet a client, but I physically will do the work. A computer won't do the work. I will do it. So some of the systems are just based on averages, but where there's a human input and it's done online, that's fine because it's still the human brain figuring out how a building is. Um, like over time, digitalization of buildings is going to come in, but it's a long way away from the domestic market. We may have it on government projects with BIM and all these things where you can print, print, print a button and out pops your bill of quantities, but that's only as good as the information that's going into that model. You know, and, and a quantities of air to a large degree spends a lot of time filling in gaps. So a drawing at the end of the day might not be complete, it might be missing something. The QS, generally speaking, when they're producing their documents, they know what people want. They know how things are finished. If there's something not on the drawn, we can put it into our document. You can't do that digitally because the computer doesn't know that that's not there. Mm -hmm. So it's, it may be the future, but I think it'll take a long time to get to the domestic market. Right. And how does the QS help with the project management then? Would you be there for the whole project or would it be a question of, listen, my tiles are coming in? more expensive and then you do your own calculations to see where you get money for it, it's it's different systems we break every building into four stages the first stage is setting the budget you know as early as possible pre-planning once that's set go to planning come back to your quantity surveyor you've got planning your architect has developed your drones you're ready to go to tender mm -hmm. qs can then produce a tender pack in addition to the architect, some people kind of think that, oh, well, I'm paying my architect to do a tender. Does that mean I don't have to get my architect to do a tender? No, yes, you do, because your architect is doing the tender drawings, the drawings that will end up building your property. We're an add-on service. There's no architect does our service. So we're an add-on service where we take all of that, your architect, your engineer, M&E consultant if you have one, energy consultant, interior designer, they could all be feeding into that tender with various drawings and specifications. We'll take that and produce a single pricing document called a bill of quantities, which will go down to the level of detail of saying, we want 49 double sockets. We want them in chrome, we want them in white. We want two cooker switches, we want etc., etc. You know, 16 square meters of tile in our master bedroom at 60 and allow 60 euro per square meter for the tile. We'll do that document, that goes out to contractors. We'll take that document back in from each contractor. And then we're able to analyze apples with apples, like with like, every builder and the cheapest builder will be the cheapest builder because they're all pricing the same thing mm. you'll still have a very wide spread and we're, it's not unusual to get spreads of 70 to 100 to 150,000 euro between two builders on the same job that's not unusual because we are basically 
getting them to price exactly what they believe it is on a like with like basis. So it just shows how the difficulty of being accurate in pricing in build. There is no right price. The market dictates it. And your local market will say that, well, one builder wants to build it for 600 and another guy is 670. They're both right. There's yeah. no wrong answer to that. It's yeah. just human nature is go with the cheaper guy. But we will have controlled that process. If you don't have a quantity surveyor, you could get a guy telling you 600,000 and another guy saying 670. But the 670 might be more correct because he has 49 double sockets. The 600,000 has 12 because you didn't control that system. You didn't tell him. So he's playing a game to get to the table, whereas the guy who's pricing it correctly, he's too dear. But yet he's giving you everything that you will need for your project. QS takes that anomaly out because you have that level of data. You can compare how much everyone's charging for them 49 sockets. Mm. And then you pick a builder on the basis of that. The cheapest builder might have the most expensive electrician. You can negotiate on that basis because you have that data. You know, he might have the most expensive joiner. You can negotiate with him. You can get the figure down even further because you have that data. Um, but, and then you can use that later on on site when you go to put in the extra five sockets because you never thought of putting one up on the TV where the TV is now up on the wall. It used to be on the floor. We're now up on the wall. But you've no double socket there. So instead of having electrics, 32 grand, which is what you'll get if you don't have a bill of quantities, you have double socket, 79 euro. If you don't have the 79 euro, the builder's going to charge you 120 because you have no breakdown of how much that socket is. With a quantity surveyor, you will already know each one of them is going to cost you 79 euro because that was what the price that was put in in the original tender. So we use the documents from the tender in stage three, being on-site, managing the builder, managing the flow of cash, managing the valuation of how much work is done at the end of the month so that when you go to pay them, you're paying them accurately. You're not just paying them 50 grand when it's actually 36,765 euro and 25 cent. You're, you can bring it to that level so that if anything happens that builder, you haven't overpaid them. You can control that. You control valuation of variations and changes and contractual issues that happen. You know, quantities of errors predominantly will deal with a lot of them. Um, and then the final stage is dealing with the final account, meeting the builder, getting all any changes, the ads and omits and all that goes with that. But like you said earlier on, the QS will always be there to get the phone call from the client who's in the tile shop. You know, I'm looking at a tile, it's 60 euro square meter, is that within my budget? You open the file, yes it is, no it isn't. Mm -hmm. So that's, that is not unusual. Or getting sent, you know, sanitary wear schedules from such and such a sanitary wear shop that a client has gone in and they've spent 25 grand on sanitary wear. Does that match my budget to tell them, no, we only have 12? You know, so you are there constantly helping clients in terms of like how does that relate to my budget am I over budget am I under budget and, and that's our role it's not about how it looks you do not want to have a house designed by a quantity surveyor will not look well <laughs> it just that's not what we do a lot um, of turrets a lot, no there'll be a lot of flat <laughs> basic yeah, the opposite, big yeah. shapes yeah. we'd be more akin to an engineer's design than an architect's design yeah, um, you know that's not our role our role isn't there to, to basically design your house based on budget. A house should be ba designed based on wants and needs mm. and then bringing money with that and, and getting that balance. Um, you don't want a design to take off and leave the money behind because then you've basically 
can't afford it and you don't want money to take off and leave design behind because it'll be ugly and what no client wants to happen, and certainly we don't want it to happen, and it happened to me once previously, is where a client ends up having spent all the money saying, why did we do this? This is not what we set out to do. Because money took over your design. So it's, it's just important that you balance the two. You know, it's never the case that I don't worry about the money, and it's never the case don't worry about design. The two of them have to work hand in hand, or you're going to have a problem. Mm. You know, you will have a problem on one side or the other. So. And at the tender stage, if you have a proper bill of quantities, you wouldn't have that much variance in price then, theoretically speaking. Unless well, the market dictates that. And, and we know we will regularly have 70, 80, 100 grand. But with regularly. the detailed bill yeah. of quantities. Yeah. The detailed bill of quantities will actually, more often than not, mean you will have a wider spread um, because you're actually showing people a builder for what the price level that they are at. So like one builder will be 15% profit. Another bill would be operating on 5% profit. You don't know that comparison when, when you don't have a bill of quantities because you don't know what's in the figures in the first place. So mm -hmm. a guy who might be 15% profit might still come in at 600 grand because he's left half the stuff out. But how can you leave you half know. the stuff out if you're going to be signing a contract based on that bill of Because quantities? it depends on what's on the drone. It depends on what basis you're signing a contract. It depends on what basis you've given him a specification. Very few drones nowadays even have a double socket on it. So if you don't have an electrical layout in your tender pack, the builder has priced electrics. Yeah, but you know? if you're involved, let's say. If we're involved, it's different because you have that level of, of control. Yeah, yeah. So, so then it's not an issue. You don't have that much variance in price. Well, no, but see, then what we're doing is you are comparing apples with apples. Mm. So you, you are seeing the difference between a contractor who is at 5% and a contractor who's at 15. Mm -hmm. He's going to be more expensive because they're pricing the same stuff. Yeah. You can't know that if you don't have a bill of quantities because their prices don't mean as much. They're mm -hmm. not apples with apples. Whereas when it's apples with apples, you can see, and then people make mistakes. You, you can clearly see with a bill of quantities when somebody has priced something wrong. You know, you have five builders and you look along the line in a particular item and you've got 100 euro, one guy's 100 euro, one guy's 97 euro, one guy's 95, and then you've got a guy at 650. Mm. He's made a mistake. Yeah. So you can, if you wish, obviously you can discuss that with him. That could, co that could be a 20 grand difference because there's 3,000 square meters of it. Yeah. You know, someone puts in 60 instead of six mm -hmm. per square meter because yeah. the decimal point didn't go in. You can see that. So you can talk to them and say, did you make a mistake there? Mm. Yeah, well, that should be six, take out the zero. Yeah. Suddenly the price drops 25 grand. Yeah. So, but you can't do that if you don't have that level of information. And, and that's do, the are the builders, um, do they generally provide that level of detail? No. Would they be happy to no. <laughs> fill out all the blanks? Oh, they'll fill in the... Most builders love getting bills of quantities because for any builder to price a project, it's probably costing him north of a thousand euro. Mm -hmm. So he's got a bunch of drawings that he's going to give to his QS to measure and price. So he's going to spend a thousand euro along with the other four builders. So that's 5,000 euro, let's say, spent on that tender where only one person can win. Why would they give you the documents that they have paid to do when there's a chance they won't win the job? Okay. So more often than not, what you'll get is the summary page at the back, which will say electrical works, 32 grand. Mm -hmm. Substructure, 32 grand. But you've no idea what's in there. You've no idea the breakdown of that. You've no idea the double socket. Not wanting to harp on the double socket, but it's, no, a, it's, but a, it's, a, good it's a good example. You've no idea how much that double socket costs. And, and that's, that's because you've allowed the builder to dictate 
the information, whereas mm -hmm. that should be your role. And if you provide the bill of quantities, will they then fill out every double socket entry? Prominently they do, yeah. They, they yeah, prominently okay. do. The odd person will say electric's 13 grand, and they'll say included, included, yeah, included, yeah, and they yeah. won't fill it out. If that builder is in the run, and we would always go back to that person and say, we need that broken down. If he's not in the running, it doesn't matter. We're not going to waste his time. You know, we don't need to know. He's not in the running. He's the dearest builder. We're not looking at him. We're not going to waste his time. But most of the time, we would find people will fill it in. It's easier for them to do it. You know, it's easy for the electricians to do it for them um, and things like that. So it's just, it, like, a lot of this is about making the clear playing field. It's about clarity. The builder knows 49 double sockets, and he's getting paid for that. If there's 51... He's going to get two more at the rate. Mm -hmm. um, and a client just has that clarity. So mm -hmm. it's in everyone's interest to have it. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And a QS, then how do you charge for your services? We charge a fixed fee. So in my practice, you send us in a drawing day one. Uh, we'll give you a fee for all four stages from the start. Um, our fees are fairly consistent like we charge the same for a 1500 square foot house as we would a 2000 square foot house because in theory it takes us the same time to produce our documents so it's not relating to money percentages nothing like that we just charge based on the service and the time it takes us to do it so we we give a fee for stage one which is the cost plan fixed fee we give a, a fee for the tender process stage two fixed fee we give a fee for stage three which we give a fixed fee per month that's the only variable in ours is that if a job is 2,000 square foot, it might take a year. If it's 2,500 square foot, it might take 14 months. So we charge per month. So, because we don't know how long the job, and, and a lot of that is down to the builder. Like one builder might say eight months, another builder might say 10 months. You might pick the eight month builder. We will only charge you for eight months. Hmm. Um, so it's a cost per month, and then our last stage is a final account, and again, fixed fee. Um, so the four stages, and we'd be open, transparent, and just, you know, you'll get that up front, and it doesn't change. Right. So. And so when you do the bill of quantities, do you provide costings for the client before it goes to tender? We can do that. We invariably don't. Uh, we, we basically, when we've done the budget, particularly if we've done stage one with a client, we've done that. Yeah. You're going to tender stage. What we generally say is, why do you want my opinion at that stage? Wait the two weeks it takes to get the market's factual cost yeah, doesn't matter because what it's think. an estimate well it doesn't really and, and like mine is an estimate your tender the four prices back that's the market cost 
that is a market. That's what the market is saying. I might be able to say, I'll build it for 250, but I'm never going to build it. I have to get someone else to build it. And he's saying, you know, four of them are saying it's 450. The 450 is right. <laughs> My opinions are relevant at that stage yeah. because they're the people who are going to build it. Mm, 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 mm. And um, what was the other bit? So the costing, then a rough idea of cost for your services, so people know, like, because I think there's a, a perception that it's very costly to hire, because you're already paying for an architect. Correct. You're already paying for an engineer. You have yeah. to have those two, and an energy assessor. There's, yeah. there's three professionals minimum you have to like, pay for. Yeah, like every, like, like every profession, you can shop around and you will get, you know, people doing things at completely opposite ends of the spectrum. I think the most important thing is that anyone would know what they're getting. So, you know, irrespective of what anything costs, what are you getting for your money? So the one first thing that anyone should ever do is, can I see one you've done before? Because that way you can see, is that document actually worth anything to me? Like, can I do anything? So take the cost plan as an example, which is the budget, the very first stage one document. There's, I have had seen lots of cost plans produced by quantity surveyors that are based on a cost per square foot mm -hmm. that have no logic. So like I would recommend you don't get a cost plan that's done, that you get a cost plan that's actually based on your property, that's actually measured and based on your property. So is, is that mean that everyone's going to be charging the same? No, because to base a property on a cost per square foot takes three and a half minutes to do. We'll spend a day on ours. You know, so, so that's the difference. But stage one, reasonable expectation of between 500 and 1,000 euro plus VAT to do stage one. Stage two, your tender process. Now, these are, all relates to the size of the property and the amount of measurements and stuff we'd have to do to get our documents. But you're, you're, you're going to be looking at an anathem from 3,000 euro up to five or 6,000 euro for that stage. 6,000 obviously being at the higher end on the bigger houses, 3,000 at the lower end. But that includes doing a bill of quantities, sending out the tender, getting the tender back, doing the tender analysis, sitting down with the client, negotiating with the builder. So it's all in there, in that fee. Stage three, going to site, anything from 500 euro to 1,000 euro per month, depends on where the property is in relation to my business. Mm. You know, if I'm doing a property in Dingle, it's going to be a thousand euro an overnight stay to do evaluation, <laughs> as opposed to me doing four or five of them in Dublin in a day. Mm. So I would obviously not do too many jobs in Dingle because there is QSs in Dingle. <laughs> they can look after that as well. Um, but, but you will be in that range. And then the final account varies. It can, like, we charge around 1,500 euro to do the final account on a domestic project. Um, it can vary. It's the one element that you know QSs worry about because we're given a fixed fee on something that could end up with a router builder. It could end up in 15 meetings. It could end up in two meetings. But we try and fix it just so that it's it's set in stone. So it's a win some, lose some. Some QSs will obviously be more risk adverse, and that might be three grand. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll be in that range. Mm -hmm. So for most one-off two and a half thousand square foot properties, it's going to be 10 to 15 grand, depending on where the property is, et cetera, et cetera, the full service. But most QSs will, you know, if you do, if you do stage one and we never hear from you again, that's fine, you can do that. If you, do, if you skip stage one and go straight to stage two, the tender process, and we can do that, and we never hear from you again. Again, mm. that's fine. And then we'll have people who take us from start to finish. We'll have people who take us from tender to finish. And we'll have people who come to us at the end because it's all gone pear-shaped. <laughs> And they've never used us. And 40% of my business does that. You yeah. know, um, like we, we specialize in dispute resolution. So we do an awful lot of that coming in when it has gone all wrong. And that, that is happening more and more and more. And people need to be aware of that as well. So, so that's, 
kind of where we are with it. And uh, contingency then, what do people have to set aside? Is 10% enough? Ten, see, it depends on your level of design. Contingency is about allocating risk. It's so that when something happens, you don't have to go back to the mortgage company looking for more money. It's that you've already pre-agreed this amount of money. Um, so as your job develops, the more design you do, the more investigation you do, the risk decreases. So like you can have a problem that costs you 50 grand on your site because you can go and dig and suddenly find there's a cave under your house. So no contingency under the sun that anyone could possibly set for you will cover the cost of filling in that cave or doing whatever it is, you know, finding that the, the public main, you know, for the, for the housing estate down the road is actually going straight under your house. So you'll have to under, you know, underpin that. No contingency will cover that. So most people's indicative value is 10%. Most of the banks use 10%. But it's a figure that you should have in your mind, in your bank account. It shouldn't be in your documentation. It makes, I do always laugh when I see a document, a bill of quantities coming in with contingency 30 grand written in it, and you're just basically telling the builder you have another 30 grand. <laughs> That's basically what you're telling them, is that yeah. you have another 30 grand to spend, so come and get it. Mm -hmm. Why yeah. would you do that? It doesn't make sense. You know? And the uh, difference between new build and renovations or extensions, new build always cheaper per square meter? I know you hate per square meter. Yeah, like if you were to average them out, yes, it, like it will work out cheaper. Um, it doesn't matter whether you say per square meter, per square mm -hmm. foot, it will invariably work out cheaper for what you're getting. Um, but again, if you were to have a 2,000 square foot new build and a 2,000 square foot extension onto, a, onto an existing property, the extension's going to cost more because you'll spend as much money you know, doing that tie-in between the old and the new. Because people have this idea that, okay, we'll put a 40 square meter extension on the back. But you'll probably take down the back wall of your house and suddenly the ground floor is also getting redone and you're having to rewire the entire house because it's a 1957 house. Mm -hmm. Suddenly, it's no longer the extension that's costing all the money, it's all the stuff you're doing in the existing house. So again, that's about controlling the cost, but it's hard to compare them, but if you're starting from scratch, it invariably will be better. Cost should be better, but it'll be a better build property because you're building to today's regs throughout. Mm -hmm. Whereas, obviously, with an extension, the old bit won't be built. And you can't get an old bit up to the standard of a new. So you have that mishmash. Mm. You know, so, it's, so it's more than just money. Right. And just back on the dispute resolution aspect, so what's the most common scenario? People come to you, obviously, they've dealt, they have a builder already there. Something went wrong. Yeah, we, we guess, like, this year, I have a few, like, a, we do a lot of it now. So, unfortunately, and there is a lot of it to be done. But, like, we will have where the client and the builder have fallen out. The, the builder's either got the sack or has walked off site. Um, building can be half finished. It might be just a skeleton building. Um, so it's forensic analysis. You it's have to a forensic. Look back so there's, there's what they might have. Yeah, there's there's already. there's two different things we will always look at because obviously there's legalities um, because there's a contract between the parties, and then there's the drawing the line and moving on because obviously that's as important to both parties. Is that right? This has happened. We have to deal with it, but we also need to let both parties kind of draw a line and move on. So the builder walk away without ties. Client move on, get another builder. So the first thing we will generally always do is, is go back to the very start of the project, get what formed the contract, because every dispute always relates back to what the agreement was at the start. So you can only get to the end if you know where the start was. And this is the difficulty of people not having contracts, not having clarity in regard to how they came up with the value, 
etc etc because if you end up in dispute and you're trying to find out that if, if, if nobody can work out where the start was no one's ever going to be able to get to the end so we go back look at that we do a survey of the building see the work out the value of work done in accordance with the contract and also the value of work left to be done because depending on the co depending on the cause of the breakdown the builder may be liable for the co the additional cost of getting a new builder to come in um, or he may not, but depending on the contract rights. So we have to box off all eventualities in case this ends up in front of a judge or in case it ends up in arbitration if you have a contract. Because the one of the benefits of having a contract is that within the contract provisions of st standard contracts in Ireland, there is a dispute resolution clause. And that predominantly be, will be mediation or conciliation leading on to arbitration. And if you have that contract, it means you never see the inside of a courtroom. Because if you go to arbitration, you can never go to a courtroom. And if you have an arbitration agreement, a court will throw a case out of court because you have an arbitration agreement because you have already chosen to go a different route. Mm -hmm. But it keeps it private, it keeps it confidential, and keeps people away from courtrooms and five, six, seven-year-long battles. Um, and the cost, in, of, and the the cost of that yeah. into a more you know, proper, more efficient system for building disputes. So, so we deal with all of that. Um, you know, we can be experts. We're regularly the guy in the middle. You know, we sit as arbitrator, so we regularly are the judges. Um, you know, mediator, conciliator, but we also then advocate for either the main contractor. Like we're brought in by builders, not just by clients, and we're brought in by clients. So, um, you know, so it is something people need to be aware of that a percentage of projects don't work out. Clash of personalities, changes lack of clarity, lack of communication being the big one, the main one, um, lack of communication between a client and their architect, between the architect and the builder, uh, clients talking directly to builders and the architect not knowing what's going on. There's just a whole lot of things that can happen on a site that once it gets out of control, it can very quickly spiral. Mm. You know, so we, we deal with that quite a lot and we're one of the few quantities of aim practices that deal and specialize in that area, mm. um, but it does happen. So. Great, well, yeah. that's a great note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a million. That's it for this Self Build Plus podcast episode. Tune in next time for more tips and advice from experts and self builders alike. And make sure to explore everything Self Build Plus has to offer. The Self Build Plus journey guides you through the process of building and home improving. The Self Build Plus forum allows you to share and learn from other self builders. While the Self Build Plus videos and our Self Build Plus virtual events are packed with information and advice. With self-built, stop dreaming, start building. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. 
Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.